Tov. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Baruch Hashem, this is the uh, final shear in the COVID, uh, the COVID volume. There is another shear about the, the uh, Tfilot for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but I think Avarz uh, Mano Batel Korbano, and I really, really hope, Bezrat Hashem, that it's not going to be Shayach for, uh, for next Rosh Hashanah and, and, and Yom Kippur. Uh, but if it will be, then we will, then we will go back to that uh, that shear. Um, so this is the concluding shear regarding uh, COVID. What we um, perhaps next week we we, we might discuss uh, some issues relating to Kriyat Megillah and um, and and COVID. So we did we did touch on that on Kriyat Torah, uh, but maybe we'll look at it specifically from a Kriyat HaMegillah uh, angle uh, next week, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so, uh, and, and possibly we'll also discuss uh, maybe next week, maybe the obligation to receive vaccines. I see there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a raging discussion in the press. Many people are uh, against uh, getting the vaccine. So, so perhaps we'll also touch on that. Maybe we should discuss that. Um, in the in, in the coming weeks, but in the meantime, today here discusses the responsibility with a person who infects other people, um, and we're going to deal with it on three separate levels. Level number one is what is the Torah violation? Is there a Torah violation for a person who, let's say, has uh, has COVID? He feels fine. He uh, um, pretty much is, you know, maybe had felt uh, slightly fluish, but he, he's fine. Um, according to the government, he's still infectious. Uh, he has to be in quarantine, but he wants to go to the supermarket. Uh, he wants to get on an airplane. He wants to get on the bus. What is, is the halachic uh, prohibitions for him to do so? Okay, so that's, that's point. And if there are halachic prohibitions, what type of halachic prohibitions? Are they Doraita? Are they Dorabanan? Okay. Point number two, assuming that he wasn't permitted to get on the bus, and he did so any in any event. Now there's a question of he infects someone else, and that's uh, that person, uh, because of the infection, uh, you know, had had money, uh, had to pay for medical bills, etc., uh, etc., et lost work, etc. Does he have to compensate on a monetary level? The, uh, the person who infected. And here too, we have to divide it. There's something called compensation, let's say, right? that, you know, I need to compensate the person so that when, after 120 years, when I get up to Shamayim, I don't have a little black, uh, black box next to my name. But perhaps a bait-in, if it would go to a bait-in, they would not be able to force someone to compensate. Or do we say that, no, this even isn't something that we just look in Shamaim, but even in a Beitin, they would force someone to compensate uh, that person. And if there is such a din, what would that compensation look like? Okay. Finally, the last halach is, let's say a person, chas v'sholem, caused someone else to be infected. Not only did he get sick, but he actually died. What would be the din over there? Okay. So those are the four topics that we want to cover in today's year. Let's begin. 
and um, the majority of this year, uh, as is many as are many of the makorot in this in this uh, volume, based on the response of Rav Asher Weiss. So Rav Asher Weiss was asked this question, and the first thing he does is he quotes the Sefer Hasidim. Sefer Hasidim is a Rishon. And the Sefer Hasidim is talking about the Pasuk Lifnei Iver Lotitain Michshol. Do not place a stumbling block in front of a blind person. Explains the Sefer Hasidim. That such a person who has some type of infectious uh, boils on his, uh, on his skin should not go to the public bathhouse and bath with other people unless he tells the person who's going in that, listen, I've got this condition. But unless you do that, you're not allowed to do it. And what's the reason? He quotes the Pasuk of Ahavta Rechakamocha, Uchtiv, and furthermore it says, Lota Amod Aldam Reecha. Do not uh, stand idly by the blood of your fellow. So the Sefer Hasidim is talking about a case where someone has got a contagious disease. He should not go in the public area. In this case, it was the bathhouse. And he basically is quoting for us three separate Torah violations, Lichora. Violation number one, Lifnei You're placing a stumbling block in front of another person. Violation number two is to not stand idly by the blood of your fellow. And not, not exactly a violation, but a, a, a nullification of a positive mitzvah of the haftel kamocha. Okay, so we have three separate Torah mitzvot and, and, and isurim that are in place according to the Sefer Hasidim. And says Rabbi that would be the case regarding COVID. Now let's take a, 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 a further look at each one of these prohibitions or nullification of mitzvahs uh, in a more in-depth manner. Regarding Lifneiver, says Rabbi Shavai, Lifneiver lotiten michshol katav v'minchat chinuch. Minchat chinuch in mitzvah Reish Lamed Bet tells us shechazal hotzim mikra. That the sages took this verse literally out of its literal context, and they explained that only when one causes one's fellow to sin, to violate a sin. From where I know that a person shouldn't place a a glass of wine in front of a Nazir, I pass him a glass of wine, or pass a limb from a live animal to a non-Jew, i.e. Chazal understood that the classic is basically enabling someone to sin. And that is the stumbling block. However, says I've already explained in another place. It is, it is simple in my eyes. Let's say there's a blind person and you took a brick 
and you place it in front of the blind person, says Rav Oshavais, it is clear that you have violated a Torah violation because that is the literal understanding of the Pasuk. And although the sages explained that it's causing someone to sin, continues Rav Oshavais, lo ba'u chazal ele lo hosif. The sages over here are coming to add shehu hadin vahu atam gam b'machshilo b'dvar avera. Similarly, if a person causes someone to sin, they would also be violating the Torah violation. But it's not to the exclusion of causing someone a physical, uh, um, you know, putting a stumbling block in front of something, someone on a physical level. That's clearly a prohibition. Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein actually has a very interesting chiluk. He says like this. Rav Moshe Feinstein also agrees that there is Lifnei Iver almost has two branches. Branch number one, you cause people to sin. Branch number two is the more literal, putting a stumbling block, a physical stumbling block in someone else, in front of someone, or telling them a bad eitzah. You know, go and invest in uh, whatever, this uh, company or that company, when, when you know that it's, that company is about to uh, go under. Okay? So, says Rav Moshe Feinstein, a very interesting chiluk. He says like this. can't be that the literal understanding of the verse is completely ignored and therefore physically placing a stumbling block in someone is going to be a Torah violation. And similarly, if a person would give his friend bad advice. Now, if you give someone bad advice because that's really what you thought, then, you know, that's that's not negligence. That's just, okay, that's what you thought and you happen to be wrong. But if, for example, you tell your friend, um, you know, he asks you what's the shortest way to get to, to, get to the Makolet and you tell him a diversion. And the reason why you tell him a diversion is because you want to make sure that there's no traffic on the, on the, on the route you're going. That would be a lif naiver. You are purposely telling a person the wrong advice. Okay. Come for Ashberashi. Ela tzarich lomar. But here says Rav Moshe Feinstein the chiddush. The stay in yanim belav belif naiver. The machshil beguf who midin ben adam lechaveiro. When I place a brick, a stumbling block in front of the the, the blind person, that is a prohibition ben adam lechaveiro. Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, quite a big chiddush. He says, listen, if I cause, if I enable someone to sin, I'm not doing an Avera ben Adam lechavero. I'm doing an Avera ben Adam lemakom. And that's, that, that, you know, one, one could theoretically argue because um, why is that not a ben Adam lechavero? I'm saying the worst thing that you could do to a friend of yours is cause him to sin. So why is that not Ben Adam Lechavero? But anyway, uh, this is this is the, the point that Rav Moshe Feinstein is saying. But it clearly, both according to Rav Moshe Feinstein and according to Rav Moshe Weiss, it's clear that there's still a Torah violation of causing a physical stumbling block for, uh, for one's friend. And therefore, based on this, it is clear that there would be a problem of Lifnei Iver by basically going into a room when you know you are infected by COVID, and you know that you're still contagious, and 
you are basically putting this is the quintessential stumbling block in front of the blind person. No one knows that you have COVID, and um, and and they they don't know the the better. Okay. What was the second Torah concept that the Sefer Hasidim mentioned, and that was Vahafta Lerecha Kamocha. Which is interesting because Vahafta Recha Kamocha is basically, we would think that this is a feeling. I have to love my fellow as he loves me. It's all touchy feeling. Says, says the Rambam, no, you, got, you misunderstand the mitzvah of Vahafta Recha Kamocha. Says the Rambam, we've seen this, uh, we've quoted this quite a few times in the Tzurba Shiorim. It's a very famous Rambam in Hilchot Avel, Perik Yudalad, Halacha Aleph. Mitzvat Asei, Shel Divrehim. A positive rabbinic commandment, levaker cholim, to go and visit the sick, lenachem avelim, to comfort the mourners, lord sieta mate, to escort the um, or to prepare for the funeral, ulach nisakala, and escort the the bride, ulilavot arochim, and also to escort your guests out of your house, ulitasek bechol tzorchiak vura, and deal with all of the burial needs. What we call today like Sheva Brochas, you know, you being Mesamech them, Adam Bechotzorchehem, and give them all their physical their, 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 their meal needs. The Eiluhem Gmilut Chasadim Shebegufo. When a person does these mitzvot, this is considered Gmilut Chasadim with his body. I he's not doing it with his checkbook, but he's doing it with his physical body. She'ain Lahem Shiur. There is no limitation. Even though all of these mitzvot are rabbinical, which is, by the way, a huge discussion. The Rambam is basically telling me that Pikur Cholim is the Rabbanan, and Nichum Avelim comforting the mourner is me the Rabbanan. You learn these out from Psukim. So what's going on over here? Says the Rambam, no, Harein Bichlal Mitzvat Vahafta Lereacha Kamocha. So it could be that there's a concept of Vahafta Lereacha Kamocha, but the sages quantified what a person does. But when you do that, you have a fulfillment of a Torah mitzvah called Milut Chasadim and Ahafta Lereacha Kamocha. Anything that you would prefer, you would want people to do to you, you should do this uh, to your fellow uh, who is keeping Torah and mitzvot. Okay, so we see from here, the Rambam is basically telling us that mitzvot, isn't some touchy-feely, uh, feeling. There are practical actions that one can do to fulfill the mitzvah of so therefore by you not by you going into a room and infecting people, you are nullifying this uh, this mitzvah because clearly that's not what people would want. What is the third mitzvah doraita that was mentioned? Lota modal damreecha. Where do we learn this din of Lota modal damreecha? Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin Ayin Gimel. The person sees his friend drowning in the river, or a wild animal that is dragging him away, or listing bainalav, or robbers come pounce upon him. From where I know that he has an obligation to save his friend, 
Tamud lomar, lo tamod adam reecha. From here we learn the pasuk, lo tamod adam reecha. The Torah is telling, don't stand idle while you see your your friend who is in danger, and you can do something about it. Also, Gemara va'mehacha nafka. What we learn it out from here, mehatam nafka. We learn it out from somewhere else. Avedat gufo minayim. Where do we know that a person has to basically um, uh, return someone's health to himself? We learn it out. Right? So we learn it from the returning a lost article. Right? So if you, what's the greatest article you can return to a person is his health. If that was the case, that would only be that you know if i can do it great however but to trouble myself and even to maybe hire people to go and do these things i wouldn't think that i would need to do it that's why the torah told me so you see from here that according to the din from the gemara is a person has to be very vigilant to not stand idly while his friend um uh, while his friend was uh, was already um, uh, was uh, in danger, to this end, to this end, it comes out right that clearly, if we have to even pay to make sure that our fr- to save our friends, vadai to go and physically cause them uh, damage and infect them would be a transgression of lotamod aldam reecha. Okay, so so far it's pretty uh, pretty clear, and we'll see see this just summarized by the Minchat Asher. Hareilan, based on what we just said, Acherim, a person has to refrain from going to the public bathhouse because he might infect other people. And if he does go, and other people will get sick, infected by him. Right, who is over lavim? He transgresses two Torah violations, and he nullifies the mitzvah of Nevertheless, we've learned from the Sefer Hasidim Adam. That it is clearly prohibited to What might I have thought? I have thought um I have thought that says uh, says maybe the guy says, listen, I'm not intending to hurt anybody, I'm just going to the supermarket. Says Ravoshavais, you see from the Sefer Hasin, that's not good enough. Nachon, it wasn't your intention. You still violate two Torah violations and you nullify a Torah obligation. We're back to class this following week. Okay. So, uh, so now... It, what, 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 uh, what interests me is that these, yeah. these dilemmas are almost so obvious that you would have thought they don't even need to be said. It's the kind of feeling I have. You know, it's obvious you don't, you don't do something that's going to kill somebody. You're obvious you're not going to let somebody fall over and trip up something and, and therefore injure himself seriously. It, it, it's, almost, uh, it's almost obvious. Uh, <laughs> I can't express it in any other word. How yes. could you even possibly think that you would be allowed to do such a thing even? So, so but again, again <laughs> I guess the same thing is like in the Ten Commandments. Lord it should be right. obvious. Why does right. God need to tell you this thing? I, exactly. I, I hear that. 
But uh, I just find it fascinating that we even have to say such things. I, I agree with you. In fact, there's a very interesting, the first uh, most shirei klali uh, in most yeshivas, um, when they open up bovakama, is what is the makor that you're not allowed to damage someone else's property? The Torah in Sefer Mishpatim, right, in Parashat Mishpatim, gives us all the laws of if you damage when you chayav, you know, when you, you lie. But, but let's say a person says, you know what? Okay, I'll damage my neighbor's uh, property and I'll pay him. I, uh, if you look at the psukim, just going to the psukim, the Torah basically says, if you damage, you have to pay. And what are the cases you have to pay? Uh, 100, 100 different examples and, and all the different chilukim. But all the Roshay Yeshiva, their first opening share is, what is the may is there an isur to damage someone's property? And you would think that what what, what kind of question that is? You know that's that's lichora obvious. It's 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 uh, it's it's almost the fact that the Torah had to tell me doesn't almost doesn't have to tell me that because the fact that it says that you have to compensate the person clearly implies that there is an isur. But the fact that there's there's so many shitot and uh, and discussions about it, um, so one of the re, one of the answers is enachinami. It's so obvious that that you know Chazal didn't have to talk about it. No one had to talk about it. One could argue here as well, but in the end of the day, um, you're right. But we we always try and formulate things, even though it's it's pretty clear that it's a that it's a, a violation. We'd like to formulate what exactly is the the, the, the prohibition. Uh, another interesting discussion that touches on this was a case brought to Rav Chaim Palaji. Rav Chaim Palaji, uh, a, a, a Sfaridi Posek, I think he lived uh, about 200 years ago, uh, was asked the following question. A doctor who was dealing with patients with contagious um, with contagious, uh, it's interesting, they were dealing with a, a doctor, I don't know, some sickness, he was, he was uh, dealing with patients, and then he wanted to come to Daven in, in the Minion, and everyone in the shul said, no ways, we don't want this doctor coming into our, uh, coming into our shul. So what's the din? Can the community say to, to the doctor, thank you, but no thank you, you're not invited. Um, we'll give you back your, your shul seat money, or whatever it is. So Rav Chaim Pelagi quotes a missionary in the game. Mission in the game is obviously talking about the prohibition of tsarat, not the prohibition, the disease called tsarat. Now we know tsarat was actually transmitted not as a, uh, it wasn't necessarily a physical ailment. Uh, ailment. In the times of Chazal, it, in the times of the Torah, it was a spiritual uh, kind of uh, thing that caused the person to get uh, tzarat. Now, not to confuse tzarat with sarasis, uh, you know, we put them together, but they're, they're not the same thing. Anyway, says the Mishnah in the game, nichnas lebeta knesset, person who goes into a shul, osimlo amot. So here we're talking about a person who's got these nagaim, who's got tzarat, even though tzarat is really a spiritual kind of disease, the Mishnah says you have to put him in his own cubicle. Literally, you have to make a separate cubicle. Not only is in his own cubicle, he has to be the first one before everyone comes to shul. He's already got to be in the cubicle. And he has to then wait until everybody leaves the shul before he can go out. So based on this, 
Lichora says, Rav Chaim Pilati, the community have a, a, a leg to stand on. That they can they can say to the doctor that this is not uh, you know you we are concerned that you might be infecting the community and you you basically can't come to shul or if you do come to shul we have to make a very very special um, place for you to sit in your own private cubicle and basically don't come into contact with anybody. Okay, so what have we seen up until now? Clearly that there is a Torah violation for a person who knows that they are infected and basically just acts recklessly and doesn't care and decides to go to a party, go to go on a bus, go on an airplane, going to the supermarket. But now comes the second question. The second question is, okay, so you did you transgressed. Very nice. Okay. Well, not very nice. But um, does that lend itself to financial liability? Do we now say that the person who infected someone else now has to compensate that person? Now, let's, uh, in order to, this, to, to understand this, we have to go into a little, uh, uh, a few details in Hilchot Nezikin. So, says the Gemara in Bava Batra, Chaf Bet, says the Mishnah, Marchikim et Asulam min Ashovach Arba Amot, Kadeshelotik Potsan Maya, that basically I've got a neighbor. Ruven and Shimon. Now, uh, I've got a ladder, and my neighbor has basically got a treehouse. And in the treehouse, there's uh, all these birds. It's called the dove coat. It's basically a treehouse with, uh, with a lot of birds over there. So it says the Gemara that Ruven has to be careful that his, his ladder, he doesn't put his ladder close to the treehouse of Shimon. Because if he does, then you're going to get these uh, mongooses, or let's call it a, you know, in, in more practical in today's time, the cat could come and basically eat the guy's budgies. So because of that, we have to be concerned of that. Furthermore, that uh, Ruven has to basically remove his um, wall from the gata of the, uh, Shimon, so that basically Shimon can have access to his roof and his gata to, to clean it. So what do you see from here? You basically have to take into account that your actions or, or be, be vigilant to the point that you don't cause damage for the neighbor. That's really what's coming out from this Mishnah. But then, then, then says the Gemara, this Mishnah is going against Rav Yossi. The Rav Yossi, because if we say that the author of the Mishnah was Rav Yossi, Rav Yossi said, listen, you plant in your field, in your garden, I'll plant in my garden. And you know what? I'm digging a hole. You planting, maybe the hole's going to affect your plants. Maybe your plants are going to affect my hole. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not the neighbors don't have to start having uh, conference calls about what they're doing in their own garden, even though it might affect the, the other neighbor. So says the Gemara, our Mishnah, who says that you do have to be concerned about your neighbor, is obviously not the opinion of Rav Yossi. Says the Gemara, no. Even Rav Yossi over here will agree. Because Rav Ashi says that when that we were with Rav Kahana, Rav Yossi begirei didei. Rav Yossi says that, uh, Rav Kahana said that even Rav Yossi will agree regarding uh, um, when literally his arrows, I 
when we're talking about an action that is generally something that is could be a damaging thing by nature. Let's let's just take the example of an arrow. You shoot an arrow, you shoot it up in the sky. By definition, that arrow, whatever goes up, must come down. And by definition, shooting an arrow is 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 could be could be very dangerous if if you happen to be where where the arrow um, lands, right? So that's the nature of that action. So when we're talking about gira diday, when we're talking about something that basically his actions are, are, are clearly it's a, it's a something that will cause damage, then even Rav Yossi says one has to be uh, concerned about that. Hachanami zimnin de bahadi de manachlei yichba bechor bekafta. Over here too, basically you're placing a ladder there. Who knows? The mongoose might be just around the corner waiting to, to jump up the ladder. But isn't this only causative? I, I didn't go and kill the, my neighbor's birds, right? I basically caused uh, the, something to happen. And we know that grammar causation is very different from direct damage. So, Amarav Tumi Bar Matna Zot Omeret. Grammar benazikin asur. We learn from our Mishnah that grammar causative damage regarding nazikin, causing, causing other people damage, is prohibited. Now, that's a very important distinction what the Gemara is saying over here. The Gemara is saying that grammar benazikin is asur, but not necessarily does that mean that you are liable to come to that you have to compensate. It could be that by you not taking the right precautions and because of that, your neighbor was caused damage, that is asur. You, sh you should have taken precautions. And, and when you get to, you know, after Ma'ave Esrim, you, uh, you have to do trouble for that. Um, however, does that mean, does that translate to that now your neighbor can come and sue you in the baiting? So here we have a cloud. The klal is that although grammar benazikin is asur, when it comes to damage, grammar is patur. I.e., if I would go to a baitin, I would not be obligated to pay. Now, I need to clarify that uh, statement. It's not exact what I said. Grammar benazikin, although it's patur, the Mishnah says, it's pater midine adam v'chayev bedine shamayim. That means that it is, if I would take my neighbor, let's say my neighbor caused, indirectly caused me, me damage, if I would go to the baitin, the baitin would not be able to force him to pay me. Pater midine adam. Klape shmaya in the baitin shamala, he has to pay me. And therefore, if I'm a, if I'm a person and I cause my friend damage, um, and I've got some Yira Chamaim, I would, I would go uh, to all endeavors to repay him. Because after Ma'ave Esrim, when I get to Shamayim, there's going to be a black tick against my, against my name. Because although it's Pater Medina Shamayim, Grammar Benazikin is Pater Medina Adam, it's still Chaya Medina Shamayim. Okay. But now there's another category. And that category is not Grammar, but garmi, and garmi says the Gemara is basically 
according to many, at least according to Rabbi Meir, that you are obligated even in the Beitin to pay, right? Says the Gemara in Masechet Povek Kamadaf Kuf. Ha'atu da'amad Rabbi Meir, da'ayin dina de'garmi. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir that says that basically there is a din of dina de'garmi. Now, what is dina de'garmi? It's not so clear. What is what is dina de'garmi? Um, and the Gemara basically, big. we're actually running out of time, but basically the problem is it's not clear what the difference is between dina de'garmi and grama. In fact, there's certain Rishonim that say Dina the Garmi and Grama are the same thing. And it's basically just a machloket between Rabbi Meir and Chachamim, whether you paskin that a person is Pater or when it comes to Grama. We don't generally hold like that. Most of the Rishonim say there are two actual specific categories Grama, where I'm Pater, Midina Adam, and Garmi. Garmi, I'm Chayav, even though both of them are causative. Now, the question is, so what's the difference? What's the difference? When is it that when I cause someone damage, I'm liable? And I define that as garmi. And when do I say that this is grammar and I'm going to be pater? So if I remember correctly, the, the last time uh, in Yeshiva when I learned this sugi of, of grammar and garmi, uh, I, I think there were at least seven shitot in the Rishonim, how to explain it. In fact, the Ramban, the Ramban wrote an entire sefer on Tina the Garmi. So it's a very, very complicated topic, but we're just going to bring two possibilities of Dina de Garmi. What is, what is the definition of Dina de Garmi? So he says, uh, says the Rosh. The Rosh says as follows, One can divide between Garmi and Grama. That whenever he himself causes the damage, to his friend's money, and it is certain that the damage is going to basically be caused. That is called Dina de Garmi. So basically, according to the Rosh, I have to do it. Um, it's almost certain that I am going to cause my friend uh, the damage. Now, based on this, says the Sefer Chukat Mishpat regarding an infectious disease. A person who infects other people. And we're talking about a person who knows that they're infectious, sorry, that they're contagious, and he goes out and infects other people. Says Sefer Chukat Mishpat, you have to pay in order to but you're not but but you're not going to have to pay um if you are taken to a baiting and why not because basically what happened i walked into let's say someone walks into a room ruven walks into a room shimon's in the room and through the i don't know their breathing whatever it is the air uh, particles Shimon gets infected. So that wasn't like Ruvain took an injection filled with COVID and stuck it in Shimon's arm. Now, that would be direct. That would be direct. Here, it's not direct. It's indirect. So says says the Chukat HaMishpat, Mishum Mazik Begrama, number one, it's indirect. It's causative. And furthermore, why is this not Garmi? 
It's not certain that the person will become infected. We know that many people, um, um, many people will become, uh, um, what's it called? Um, in contact with sick people and, and they don't become sick. I don't know, don't know why, but, but some of them, some people become infected, some people don't. So the fact that you have some people that do, some people that don't, so that gives us an indication that this is not a certainty. If it's not a certainty, it turns it from garmi to grammar, according to the Sefer Chukat Mishpat. However, Rav Osha Weiss argues. Rav Osha Weiss says, no, the Kevan the Iskimu Ashulchan Aruch that since the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramayim, and this is an important line in the Minchat Ashev, because as I said, there are so many shitot in the Rishonim, how to define gar, grammar versus garmi. So if you're going to go into what, how you define it, and you in the in in the pre-Shulchan Aruch and the Ramayim, you, you're just in a sea of, of opinions. But says the Minchat Ashev, keivan de hiskimu ha-Shulchan Aruch the whole nezek ragil v'shachiach, that any common and normal damage that is, you know, commonplace, yesh l'chayevo mishum dina degarmi. That's the definition. You know, if it's, if it's going to, if this is a common damage that, that pretty much it's known that you cause, that is considered according to the Shogunach and the Ramah, dina degarmi. It doesn't have to be a certainty. And this is the big distinction between the Chukat Mishpat and the Minchat Asher. Because if it's a certainty, well, no one can say that the fact that a COVID person walked into a room is certainly going to infect all the other people. We know that that's not necessarily true. However, if it is a common danger, if it is a common damage, if this is the known common damage, then that is Dina Degarmi, and therefore says according to Rav Weiss, there should be monetary compensation for such a Din. This is considered Lachai Bedina Degarmi, Begram Nezek Lachabero Bepshia. Now that last word is also very important. Pshia means he was negligent, meaning um, there, there are people that are asymptomatic, and they walk into a room, and uh, they didn't even know that they were that they had COVID, and 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 nevertheless they infected other people. So that's not what we're talking about, right? People that were people that didn't know that they had COVID, they didn't uh, they, they weren't acting negligently. Uh, one could argue, right? And therefore, um, and therefore, this would not apply. Now, I gave the shir to another chabura. And they said, well, is it really true that they weren't acting negligently? Because let's say the government restrictions are social distancing and mask, et cetera, et cetera. And a person didn't do that. Now, he didn't think that he had COVID. So if he didn't think that he had COVID, but he didn't take all the precautions that the, call it the law, uh, have, have put in place, can he really say that he wasn't negligent? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer to that question, because one could argue like this. The fact that the government says you have to do social distancing and wear a mask, really what the government is saying is, until you know for certain, assume that you have COVID and act as if you've got COVID and therefore social distance, etc. And therefore, if that is the assumption and you didn't do it, right, and you went and affected people, 
So now you cannot say, well, I didn't know I had COVID. The, what the government is saying by social distancing and wearing a mask is view yourself as if you've got COVID. That, that is an argument. I still find it hard to believe that that would be called garmi. I still think that that would probably fit into the category of grammar, even according to Rav Osher Weiss, right? That would fit into the uh, causative in the grammar where you would be pater from monetary compensation as opposed to garmi where you would be chayav. Now, um, there is an interesting discussion in the... Uh, sorry, my screen jumped. Yeah, in the Atar Din, they're also following Shaila. Adam Shidbikit Khaveru Bevirus or Komachalamedabeket Kasher, he truly harufim levodetatmo. So this guy was told he has to go into quarantine. Bovin Shabaruhu Shuidbikoto. And it's also clear that the guy didn't go into quarantine and he infected someone else. And it was also pretty, pretty much a common or almost a certainty that he would infect people. The And because of that, the guy lost, uh, you know, couldn't work for a week. Right? That do we say that we should pay the person for Shevet? Shevet is basically unemployment, right? I couldn't work. So says the Atar Din, So a person is obligated, obviously, not to, to, to be vigilant, not to infect other people, causing them pain and damages. However, let's say a person didn't do this, and he went around and he infected other people. What shevet? What we'll call today unemployment, right? That I lost days of work. He also doesn't have to pay for medical bills. Now that's less uh, practical in Israel because it's you know if a person has to go to the hospital, it's pretty much covered. But for example, in places like South Africa and other places where it's all private, uh, privatized, you know this is a huge nafkamina. Omnam, however, im If a guy you know went and physically breathed on him, right on purpose, you know you, you have these. There have been certain cases in the news where you have these mashugana people that go and breathe on other people. Or he spat on him, and because of that, he became infected. Why is this? If I do something directly according to the atar of the, the, this din, um, then I'm liable to pay for shevet, to pay for ripui, right? For medical bills and for unemployment. But barring that, I'm not. Explains the Wait, truth. I have a question. So, okay. Yeah. You can also say, let's say someone knows they have corona. They mm -hmm. go into a room where you are 
And now you have to go into Bidud and you're on Chalat. So does he have to pay Shevet? Because it was a direct consequence of him going into being in the room with you, even, even though he knew that he had uh, Corona. And now you're, you're on Chalat, right? So you're saying just by him going in, whether you're going to be infected or, or, or not, Right. According you're, to the government, they, they don't care. They say you have to go into Bidud. Right, and, and then you may be, may be on Chalat. Yeah, listen, this, this, this has happened to my wife about four times. Uh, she's a physical therapist, and every time someone comes in uh, to her practice and, 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 and then says that, you know, they were things, she, she, has, to, she has to basically stop working. Um, so, so, Lichora, it's very interesting. Let's read, let's read the Makor, and then and let's try and see if, 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 this is, uh, if we can get any clarification. Says the Makor, Katavarosh, Shechiyuv Arbedvarimelu, right? That the obligation of these four things, Nemru Dafke She Adam, Hizik Adam, Alide Hakaa, when he physically literally strikes him. But if he didn't strike him, rather he did an action that caused Shevet in such a case, and this is how the Shoranar Paskant, Shevet, let's call it the unemployment, he did an action on the body of the person that was damaged. Therefore, if he did something to the physical body of the of the person who got infected, or or spat on him, that's a However, barring that, barring that, says the Atar Din, this would not include the Din of, of Shevet Ripui Vitsar. Now, I'm not sure that Rav Osher Weiss would agree with that, but at least according to the Atar Din, uh, the, the question that you asked, one could, one doctor, we, we could say, look, he didn't touch me. So that, you know, maybe that's not considered Hakka Begufo. That's considered grammar. Even garmi, it, it might be considered garmi, but it's not so passionate that garmi, according to Atar Din, one would be paying for the uh, for the medical bills. So it's not so clear. Basically, according to the Atar Din, <laughs> you don't. According to Ravosh advice, it's not. It's not. Uh, it seems that he thinks that you can be obligated. Um, that, that was my understanding of him, but, um, but it wasn't so clear to me that. Uh, he says, in general, there's a din of garmi, and, and, and therefore you are liable. How much you are liable? To what extent you're liable in terms of uh, the unemployment, in terms of the medical bills, etc., etc.? Not so clear. The, yeah. the other question, maybe more pertinent, because I don't know that anybody's going to be paying for bills and things like that, mm -hmm. is... Can we or should we put people in harem? That's what I was going to ask. My, my, my question, my question is following that. 
is what about a whole ADA? So far, we've been discussing the responsibility of an individual and the compensation he has to pay. What about the whole ADA? Can you put a whole ADA into Kherom? Can you punish the ADA by not giving them, I don't know, social benefits, whatever else you want to do? If they're behaving in an irresponsible manner, never mind Dina de Malchusa. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly... It's getting too I'm, political, I'm, I understand. But surely them, them, somebody must be held accountable. I, I agree. I'm, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words for exactly how to explain certain actions of certain groups. Uh, and is there room to, is there room to punish them? I think, uh, I don't know. I probably, probably, I don't know what the exact mechanism is, but, but Lichoira, yes, Lichoira, but, but what exact halachic mechanism? Um, there is a famous truva of the Goinim. The famous truva of the Goinim is brought down uh, by the Ramah, who says like this. Uh, let's say it's, uh, it's got to do with uh, uh, this Ramah is quoted often in, in terms of, let's call it sexual predators, right? Uh, of, uh, you know, uh, pedoph pedophiles, etc. Now, Lichora, until you have Adim and uh, can prove it. So we say guilt, uh, innocent until proven guilty. However, there is a truva of the Goinim, which is brought down by the Ramah, that if a person is becoming known as a menace to society, menace to society can mean many things, right? It could be that he's a social, uh, sexual predator. It could be, it could be all types of things. Then the Ramah says you don't need Adim. You don't need the classic, you know, uh, Beitin and Adim, etc., etc., to to put him in Chayrim. Vadai, you can put him in Chayrim and you can you can distance him. And that is the job of the the heads of the community to see that if there is a menace to society, I think that's the best uh, uh, translation. A menace to society, one can take measures to put that person in Khairim. So, so Lichora, if it's we're talking about a, you know, the Ramah was talking about an individual, but Lichora, one could extend that to individuals or groups of people who are in that status. I'm not sure how, how it's going to help because what's it going to help? I'm saying uh, not exactly that. Uh, those people are necessarily wanting to come to your shul and get an aliyah in your in your community. So so, um, I, I, but what could be done? Lichora, There is, in theory, I think there is room for chayrim. But Lamai uh, said it's nishta posha to Indian, as they say. Too political. <laughs> <laughs> Too um, dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's just finish very quickly. What happens if lo aleinu, lo aleinu, a person infected someone else and forget becoming sick, the person died. So the person died. And now the person wants to know what do, what kind of accountability is there for such a thing? So Ravosha Weiss was asked this question that basically a person was uh, infected and he went to the nursing home to to his job as whatever a nurse in the nursing home and based on that people died so uh the the the, the minchat uh, asher says look if you look at 
even unintentional murder is different to every un other unintentional hate that we find in the Torah. If you look at the mitzvah of Arei Miklat, Mishosheh Mitzvah, says the Sefer Achinuch, the prohibition of murder is so severe. If a person's the biggest tzaddik, but if he's causing people to die, he's going to get it. Uh, etc. etc. In the end of the day, such a terrible consequence was caused by you. That person should go into exile. We're talking about people that killed Beshoge, right? Um, and in, nevertheless, you have to go into exile. We know that exile has a certain din of mita, and that is the principle. So you see from here that the Torah is very makbid on Ratzicha Afilu Beshoge. On the other hand, and by the way, the Marival. Uh, was also a person who killed someone else, uh, Beshogeg. Again, it wasn't his fault. He sent the Shaliach on a trip, and the Shaliach basically was attacked by bandits and was killed. So what is this? Now the, the, the Marival says, fast for 40, uh, 40 days and 40 nights, and, and, and you mamish, you have to, in the end of the day, you have to take responsibility. I'll just read it to you. Mikol makom keivan sheshlicho haya alav lekabel kapara v'tzarich litanot arbeim yom v'yem yesh l'shaliach shenirag banim ketanim yidag liten lemparnasatam kafinid vat yado v'kach yinatzel mitzrav etzukah. Bekitzur, you cannot say, you know, I'm out of the picture. Coins in my rival, you're very much in the picture. You're very much in the picture, and you've got to do whatever you can for the family, for the wife, for the children. You have to fast. You have to... Okay. On the other hand, the marshal takes a different approach. If the intention of the uh, person was, was for the benefit, I was trying to help, and at the end of the day, someone died, that's a different story. We should marshal. Hey, won't go into the whole case. Basically, some goyim started off was started with some goyim and basically the goyim were chasing after the kid and uh and the rav this this posek rav moshe said to the goyim go and catch him and bring him to me and i'll deal with him and the reason why he wanted to do that was because he wanted first of all that to save the boy i let him deal with the the boy instead of uh, instead of the goyim hey and number two he he was worried that you know this would cause animosity and anti-semitism in the end of the day, the goyim chased this kid. The kid ran away, let's call it in our case, ran across the street and got knocked over. Okay, and I think the truva, he fell off uh, something. He fell down. Uh, the point is, the point is that the, the kid died because of it. So here, says the marshal, look, yeah, it's very different. The guy was trying to, the guy was trying to help the guy. He was trying to support him. And in that case, the, all, all of the chumras that we said before don't apply. So the, uh, there is also what is the intent? Look, I, I think doctors over here have a. Um, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but possibly, oftentimes doctors are trying to help, but law alainu people people die during the treatment, and you know it's a. What, what's the statistic? I think twenty. There's a twenty-five percent or something in hospitals in somewhere. 
because because it's just there isn't enough time and and people make mistakes. There's human errors, right? So so according to the Marshall, that 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 that's that's not the case. I the Marshall would say, listen, if that's what you're trying to do your best and something went wrong, you don't need to put yourself in galut and 40 days fasting, etc., etc., etc. Okay, uh, there are a few other shitot, but that is the 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 basic framework of the liability for monetary compensation and the surim involved and lo aleinu if something happens and someone dies through COVID due to someone infecting them. Okay, so Bezrat Hashem, next week we'll either deal with Purim or with the vaccinations, okay? Bezrat Hashem. Okay, Yashakoach, everybody. Shabbat